Today's podcast is brought to you by Port City Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and nipples, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) And freezing your nuts off, Timmy. Uh, We're located at 8 Greenleaf Woods Drive in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Uh, We have classes seven days a week for all different levels. Advanced, intermediate, beginner, no-gi, some striking. We're located inside the Seco Sports Club. They have pools, saunas, locker room showers, weightlifting stuff, cardio machines, telescoping shoehorns, apparently. Uh, uh, Pretty much everything you need to live your life correctly. So uh, check us out on the web, portcitybjj.com. Send us an email if you have any questions. We'll get back to you as soon as possible and uh, get you set up and get you going on some jujitsu. And also by Everproven CrossFit in Dover, New Hampshire. Uh, you can call us at 603-740-0822 for directions or uh, find us in the mill in downtown Dover, New Hampshire at 51 Washington Street. Uh, you can also email us at Stone, the box manager. So it's stone at everproven.com. That's E-V-R-P-R-V-N.com. Um, our website is www.evrprvn.com as well. Uh, we are a CrossFit gym as well as many different things happening all the time. So check us out on Facebook as well. Look us up. Um, we always have something going on. We just had weightlifting meet and we've got gymnastics going on, uh, classes every day of the week. We got something for you, whether young, old, mobile, immobile, Physically fit or not physically fit. And here's the podcast. Freeze the nuts off, Timmy. Number seven, I think, right? Sharp Iron Society, number seven. All right. Sitting down with Derek and Al in a kitchen. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're at negative fucking 40 below outside. it's New England and it's right. cold as hell out there. Although, in perspective, we, I mean, like, people in Alaska are probably like, man, that's shorts and t-shirt weather. I don't know. I saw, so I have a um, bunch of fans that lives in Minnesota. And it was warmer in Minnesota than it was in New England this morning. It was warmer in Fairbanks, Alaska than it was in New England this morning. Yeah, but they're in Minnesota, so. (laughs) (laughs) So They still lose. Uh, New England's a different kind of cold, I feel. It's like everywhere else I've been that's been cold, it's not. I don't know if it's because it gets also humid here. You know what I mean? Like the air is damp all the time. It's like a bone chilling cold. It's not just like. Surface cold, so it's a damp, uh, raw right to the bone. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like I you're, like- you're one of those guys in the middle of summer. It's like you know, it's really not the heat; it's the humidity that gets you. <laughs> well, when you walk from your fucking door to your truck in a full-on sweat, <laughs> that's kind of a true story. I think a lot of people don't realize that. It's like, yeah, yeah, it gets hot out in like California. But it's it's the humidity around here that gets you. It's a different kind of yeah, it makes you swampy. Right, it's just a different kind of weather. I feel like that's what makes 
New Englanders so tough is dealing with that or the elements. You don't get complacent. You know what I mean? Like there's no weather in California. It's seventy five and sunny three hundred and sixty five days a year. You're gonna deal with humidity. No, sometimes or, it gets down to sixty and they put sweaters on. <laughs> right. Uh so I what's that? Josh is from Northern California, so like Tahoe area. So like he dealt with the snow as a kid and stuff like that. But he's so he's stationed in at Camp Pendleton now. So he just lives north of San Diego, and he's like, it gets to be sixty, and like people are wearing like ski jackets, (laughs) and he's like, I'm walking around in shorts and a flip flops and a tank top. (laughs) Everybody's like, you're fucking crazy. (laughs) It's hilarious. So, um, joining on the podcast today is. Al. Al is one of the blue belts at the academy. Um, I feel like Al is a prime example of someone I became friends with because of jujitsu that I normally wouldn't have been friends with, um, which is kind of the beauty of jujitsu. You're how old now, Al? Um, 58, turning on on 59. So you're... Older than my dad. Yeah. <laughs> and you're younger than my kid. Right. So, uh, and how long have you been doing jiu-jitsu now? Uh, it's almost two years. So you started when you were 57. Yeah. That's uh, a, a, a late adopter to the jiu-jitsu yeah. lifestyle. What, uh, what spurred that? Uh. Well, honestly, I mean, I got introduced to, uh, you know, Port City through Donald. And uh, what spurred it is I was looking for an activity that might keep me in shape, uh, but also keep my mind in shape. Uh, regular running, lifting weights was, was, I found, rather boring and didn't feel like I was being challenged. So I uh, came in one night and four or five guys beat me up and choked me and strangled me and... <laughs> <laughs> I've been there ever since. <laughs> uh, so, and I have a lot of questions, I guess, about that. We can dive deeper into it. My first question is, um, I feel like for a lot of people, and Scott, you can kind of chime in and, and tell me if I'm wrong or right or whatever, but especially once they get, I don't want to keep saying like that old, they get comfortable in their routine, you know what I mean? And they don't want to be challenged. And they like, even though they're not being challenged, they just kind of ex- like, it's almost like, oh, I've made it this far in my life. It's, uh, I've earned the right to not be challenged. You know what I mean? Like, what, what do you think the difference with you is then, and, and not having that mind frame? Like, what was, was there a, a catalyst towards that? Well, I, I don't, I, I, I don't agree that middle-aged upper end of middle-aged people don't want to be challenged anymore i just think they find different vehicles to do it right you know they, they golf maybe they play racquetball uh you know they, they do different things right um i you know i've always been a little bit more physical i like to to, to challenge myself a little bit more and you know giving jujitsu for me you know a try uh was just i said let me just taste the waters and it was just a water that that, that i like the taste of i think um because the exercise was there and everything, but also because I, I, I think what I found was that the true people who were there were a lot like me, a lot younger, 
but had you know thought like I thought. Same mentality. The same mentality, and it was almost like joining a a club of like people, you know, who maybe they enjoy you know art, music. Uh, these were people who liked to kind of challenge themselves in a physical way. Right. Yeah. It's, it, it, it. I I think like stemming off of what you're trying to what you were saying is just like it's you're not average. Right. <laughs> but there's not a lot of guys that are your age that are saying like you know. I think I'm going to try jujitsu. Mm. Um, and, and which is an amazing thing is like, if you get beyond that, I mean, anybody picking up something later, later in life. Um, I mean, I'm like me personally, I'm experiencing that, um, that I'm not immortal and I'm, I'm, I'm not unbreakable anymore being 38. Um, but you get down the road and people are like, Oh, it's, that might be a little bit too much for me. That, that, that's that my body is not going to be able to take that, but just taking that leap is, I mean, something's pretty awesome. It, in, in how has your body responded to it? Um, my body has responded, uh, it's gotten better with it, uh, quite honestly. Um, you know, I remember talking to Derek maybe a year and a half ago or a year ago, uh, but maybe I was training too many nights a week by coming in four times a week. Now I regularly do five or six. Yeah, I get my aches and pains like everybody else, uh, but uh, I seem to tolerate it a lot better, so I've kind of grown into it. Uh, I think initially it was very hard for me, and um, you know, e- even the first month, uh, I was really pushed at times. I can remember sitting outside the uh, Portsmouth uh, studio one night, and I was throwing up outside, and I, and I, I, I just had this <laughs> feeling. Everyone else in there is going, what is this old guy trying to prove? Why is he here? And it's like, uh, you know, it's just, and I was like, uh, I'm just kind of, kind of, just put my head down and keep going at this because I, I think I like it and it, it's worked for me. Uh, like I said, I, I, there are times I have to learn to pace myself because sometimes you do get in a flow and you think you're doing well, you're doing well. Next thing you know, you've gone too many nights in a row, you're beat up, everyone's, you know, all over and you, you know, you got to take a break for a day or two. But, yeah. uh, yeah, you need to elaborate on that throw-up story because everybody likes a good puking story. Uh, no, it's just, just, just one of those where people keep pushing you, and I, I have a tendency, which I still do sometimes, is uh, not breathe as well as I should, and I really sometimes uh, overexert myself. And uh, so those, those episodes don't happen nearly as, as often. Uh, as they used to. And, and honestly, I don't think I've puked now in about six, eight months. Uh, <laughs> if you want to know the truth, uh, the last time I puked, I think was my third stripe on my white belt. Uh, we were in rolling really, really hard. And uh, I had some coconut water. Someone told me to try coconut water. I drank some coconut water. I was like, oh my God. I went to the to men's room and, you know, the locker room and I started throwing up. And all these old guys came in there. Are you all right? Are you all right? And I must have been beat red. And uh, they're all going, should we call an ambulance? Come on. And I'm like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm going back out there. And uh, they all looked at me like, this, this guy's crazy. I was so glad I did. I walked out there at the end of class. Uh, Derek promoted me with another stripe. I'm going, oh, man, am I glad I came back. <laughs> so are these guys, are these guys from, from uh, the academy or are these no. guys regular gym members? So they're gym members. A lot of them play racquetball or do their thing. And, you know. and that's exactly what we're talking <laughs> right. about. <It's> like, <laughs> right. Right. You're the same age as these guys. And they, I mean, they've thrown in the towel. We're like, oh, I'm going to pick up racquetball. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. But you're just like, you know what? I'm going to just, I'm going to learn a martial art. I'm going to so, beat the shit out of people. Scott hasn't come to do jiu-jitsu yet but he knows 
where the academy is, and I can't wait for the day that he starts doing jujitsu on the regular, and he sees the dynamic between the jujitsu crowd there oh. and the not jujitsu crowd. Like it's awesome being there. We lo- I love where our location is. It's so easy. You know, we go in, we wash the mat, we sweep the mat, we roll. We wash the map, we shoot that, we leave. We don't have to wash a bathroom. Don't have to worry about parking. You know, heat on a day like today. <laughs> yeah, heat, any of that stuff. You know, we're 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 all set, whatever. But it's a weird dynamic between us who go at it hard and the other people there who haven't quite grasped what that means. You know what I mean? So it's funny that like we'll be sitting in the locker room and like you can tell that the only uh, like exciting, invigorating thing these guys have in their life is their shitty racquetball league, <laughs> which is hilarious. Like because they're like super, super intense about it. They're like, oh, like that guy was playing lights out in there. You know, we went to war and all this stuff and they're using all these adjectives or whatever. And meanwhile, Al's in the fucking locker room throwing up to go back on the mat. You know what I mean? I don't yeah, want to play no, racquetball. I, I don't, I don't want to play racquetball. I'd rather choke you. Yeah, but it's still, it's just one of those things. Well, do you think any of those guys would throw up over racquetball and yeah, then go back yeah. and play? Yeah, probably like, not. Probably not. I don't know. Not to take anything away from racquetball. Like, I have played racquetball, and, like, it does get physical sometimes. Not as physical as rolling on the mat, but as far as something to pick up and do, it's, I mean, it's jarring on your joints. So, not to discredit the guys that are doing that, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's like, <laughs> it's a, BJJ is on a totally different <laughs> level <laughs> well, as opposed to playing a racquetball on some tight white shorts. Well, but you, 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 the dynamics are so, so when Derek's walking through his gi on and that dark Derek look that he has, it's like everyone just pots the way. It's like nobody wants to give my contact. Or, when I walk through, they all look at me like, you know, what are you trying to prove? Or like, you do that stuff? You, you must hear them. They ask me a hundred times. Right. Uh, you know, they're always, you do that? You go in there with them? I hear that regularly. It's, yeah, it's pretty like, funny. Have you, heard, have you heard the guys that like come up and be like, oh, you do that? Or like, oh, I know a friend that like hurt himself trying to do something like that, yeah. like at your age. I, that's one thing I hear all the time yeah. about CrossFit. It's just well, like, no, the best thing you hear about jujitsu is when someone's like, oh, you do jujitsu? Like, especially for me, like, because now I'm a black belt and it's like this, and this is anybody who does jujitsu is going to be like, oh yeah, I know exactly what you mean, is when someone asks you what you do, I'm like, oh yeah, I do jujitsu. Oh, what belt do you? I'm a black belt. Oh, my 12-year-old nephew is a black belt in taekwondo or karate. I'm like, <laughs> it's not the fucking same. <laughs> like, like, it's just wrong. And I don't know how to like, so I'm like, oh yeah, cool. And just leave it yeah. at that. You know what I mean? But I'm like, what I really want to be like is like, I'll strangle that little shit. <laughs> See, he, might, he might try to kick me in the face, right. but he's going down. Right. So you get that. I get, oh, I used to do that. Right. That's what they tell me. I used to do right. that, or I did something like that. or Yeah. Everyone had some story about, you know, something they used why, to do. Why is that? Why is it in, in, like, some people's nature that they hear something that, like, is outside that box that we were talking about that like you go outside the box and all of a sudden somebody's it's like it's like oh no no don't step outside the box stay healthy stay within this confinement don't ever push yourself i love hearing that from my mom by the way don't do it too hard don't take it too hard so 
there's these. It, it, I, I guess where I'm I'm getting to is is like there's all these people who walk around that don't ever want to step outside the box, whether it be their medical practice or their uh, PT practice or what they do inside of gym or what they do for recreation. They never want to step outside the box if they want to stay inside this safe area where everybody in this room pushes it outside the box. I think and, and it's like, why, why is it that there's, there's the people that want to stay inside the box always have a comment. We're, well, we've had this discussion a little bit and I guess Al can elaborate because he's kind of touched on it already with what he was doing previous to jujitsu. But I feel like the only reason that, well, the reason that jujitsu I took to jujitsu and became, um, kind of enthralled in what was going on is because there was someone else there. There was kind of healthy competition and someone pushing me. You know what I mean? And it's one of those things where, you know, I might not want to push myself and the person I'm rolling with doesn't really want to push them themselves. But when those two people get together, it's like one inch above the other person until you're both going way beyond where you thought you could go. And that's kind of how I feel about, you know, um, lifting weights or doing any other kind of physical activity on myself. Like if I go to open gym on Friday nights and someone's not like, hey, you want to go work out? I fucking putz around the gym, do a little mobility, you know, lift a little bit of weight. And then the next thing I know, the hour's gone by and I'm like, I haven't done shit. I haven't really got a workout. Like, why am I even here? But if someone's like, hey, you want to do a workout? Just because the other person is there kind of keeping me on task, maybe keeping my mind off things. I push myself so much harder. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like a lot of people might just not. And so all joking aside about those guys that play racquetball, that's probably why it's the most invigorating, exciting thing that they do is because they're being pushed by, they're each, being other. Pushed by each other. You know what I mean? So in your daily life, you don't have that person kind of uppy, upping the ante. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're not, they're not just getting pushed by someone. If they get pushed by that person, I feel like, under that certain amount of stress, that's when they start stepping outside that box and going above and beyond where they thought they could. Make sense? Is that yeah, like- no, no, I, I agree. Um, but I also think that you end up with a like kind. And, you know, people of that same ilk go in there and, and that's why they feed off each other. You know, you can go work out with somebody who will watch you putz around and, and do less than, right. than, than less than you do. But if you go with somebody who's, you know, a little bit competitive, uh, truly wants to, to get the workout, then you guys are going to push each other. So, you know, what I find, you know, in the gym is I find the guys who, who are there, and I, and I guess the core guys, not the guys, because guys float in and out all the time, but those guys, they're there to train, they're there to compete, they're there to make me better, and they'll push me and I'll push them. All right. Yeah. So, um... We're learning. Uh, I just, this all stems me. And it's, it's something that my brain will not let go of is like walking into this doctor's office and um, the, I think his assistant or something like that, like comes in, shakes my hand. And it was like the most, I mean, as a guy, it was like extremely limp wristed. It was like shaking hands with the, the hands you're of you're an 80 year old woman. Right. And, we, and nothing, nothing worse than a weak handshake. And he proceeds to tell me like, like about somebody that he knows that was like bug. That, that was that was 
messing up his shoulders because he was doing so many muscle ups or something like that. And I'm just like, man, like, why are you telling me this right now? Like, I'm telling you, I'm coming to you for help, and you're telling me like, like all the, the negative stuff. I'm right. getting negative feedback from you. It's right. just like, and that's one of those things. It's just like, I mean, have have you well, have you received a lot of negativity? In, in well, here's the interesting thing that we can that we forgot to mention about that. Al is in the healthcare field. He's not a doctor or anything, but. He, uh, I mean, you can kind of explain what you do. And then I'd like to hear the two sides of the coin to that because you do push yourself really hard and go above and beyond, you know, the things that you, uh, you know, that beyond what the average person does, but you're now, you're also the other side of that coin is in that, that, the healthcare aspect of it. Yeah. Well, I, you know, yes, I'm in healthcare and, um, it's a family business with my, my brothers and we have, uh some rehab hospitals and some nursing homes. But, you know, I think a lot of times, um, to get to Scott's point, there, there are people that don't make excuses for everything. You walk too much, you're going to ruin your knees. Uh, you swim, you're going to lose your shoulders. Uh, you weightlift, you're going to, you know, you're going to overdevelop muscles. Uh, it's like that glass half full, half empty. And I think for those people who look at the glasses, you know, half full and want to fill it up, uh, they go. I mean, uh, even in healthcare, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably right to err on the side of being conservative. Uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of the people practicing today, they, 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 they're athletic. They, 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 they just, uh, they, they want to drive themselves as much as you want to drive yourselves. And I think there's a better understanding of that in both sides. Uh, but there will always be people that are going to come in and, and tell you, stop, don't do that anymore. Oh, you know, that'll solve your problem. And uh, I think those are people that uh, are somewhat pessimistic and they look at the glasses half empty. Pessimistic people. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, they, they're Eeyores. They, all, they, are, uh, they, they got a dark cloud over their head. <laughs> well, here's the funny thing about doing this podcast, and I've kind of talked to Scott about this too, and we've got very fortunate between Josh and Elliot and Candace and Pete and now Al on the podcast. We've, we've managed to... For somehow corral all these people that are very powerful individuals just in their, their their daily life you know they have the powerful spirit they have a powerful drive you know whatever and I a direct result of that in my daily life is that I cannot stand people's whiny bullshit anymore it's one of those like even worse than before like if you start whining and making excuses around me now I'm like you don't like you're missing the fucking oh it's intolerable it's intolerable yeah i can't take it anymore and i, I like and I, it was one of those things where like i was more easily able to tune it out before we started having these multiple hour long conversations mm-hmm. with these great people but now i'm like i i you know someone starts whining about something that's going on that's so trivial and i'm like i think back to josh being in Afghanistan or Iraq or I think even to Josh as a younger child losing his mother and you know the way he had to kind of raise himself until he was a you know adopted by his grandparents or um Elliot being in buds or Candace slaving away up a mountain or being in school or Pete and his job or whatever you know like I'm just like you're not doing anything to warrant (laughs) this attitude you know what i mean it's it's crazy i'm just like and i think that's like 
like what it is you know what i mean like that that pessim like you just get all these people that just you just not i don't know it's weird and it's oh well, it's all i mean it's a lot of i mean it, i think it depends on their upbringing um and people they're they're, they're surrounded by possibly i mean for us it, it that mentality you're talking about it's perspective right i mean we're we're getting we're getting these great people that have awesome like great stories all the time and um then there's then you get surrounded by somebody that just doesn't like want to push themselves that hard whereas opposed to we're just being surrounded by these people that are constantly pushing right um so it's i mean it's wonderful it's an awesome thing right and um but perspective is perspective it's it's like, well, at least I have all my limbs and right, right, <laughs> it, absolutely. It, it, yeah. And I, I'm 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 healthy. I'm still standing. I'm 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 breathing every day. Waking up every morning. I'm like, yeah, my back might hurt a little bit from right. from doing this or doing that the day before, but it's sorry. a difference from being around uh, Eeyore. Or uh, like Tigger and Winnie the Pooh. I mean, right. you know, you know, with that dark cloud all over, always over his head, and you know, everything was gloomy and doomy, and uh, that's the way some people are. Yeah, fuck that, you are. Right. Yeah, that's gonna be. I'm gonna on our social media. I'm gonna put a picture of Al. That's gonna say, "Surround yourself with Tiggers, not yours." <laughs> <laughs> It'll be, the, it'll be the most PG thing on, the, on our Instagram. <laughs> you can tell that Al not only is a blue belt in jiu-jitsu and a pretty successful business man, but he also has children and grandkids. And that's why he drops the Eeyore Absolutely. to your science on you. Um, so another, I guess, kind of building on that, and the jujitsu thing you've already talked about has have you seen that jujitsu lifestyle? I mean, I talk about it all the time, but have you have you seen? I'm interested to know if you know being 57, like we talked about, or I talked about, or my perception is that you're pretty um, kind of set in your ways. You know what I mean? I mean, not not saying that you're not um, you know flexible and malleable, but you've learned things that work for you and how to be successful has, and that's in everything with business, you know, being in, you know, a marriage, being a father, being a grandfather, you know, um, have, has that jujitsu in your life affected any of those other things and the way you do things or the way you think about things or, you know, any of that stuff? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's reinforced my life a little bit. Uh, I've always tried to be a person who's positive, uh, maybe at times, you know, aggressive, um, but I, I think, uh, what jujitsu has, has, has done for me. And, and, and when I say, I've always tried to treat people the way I want to be treated. Right. So, you know, I walk in that gym and, uh, we hear train, train with your partner, be good to your partner. You're here to train your partner. It's almost like it, it just works into my, my line of thinking. You know, I know I'm going to be good to, to Derek and he's going to help me with my jujitsu and I'm going to help him. And, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure if I understand the jujitsu way, but what 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 I kind of found there is it's it's a brotherhood uh, again of like individuals uh, who uh, what you see is what you get. Very honest, very open. No one, you know, uh, playing games. 
Um, and uh, you can count on, on those people. They're real people. Uh, they happen to be, you know, younger than most of my kids. Uh, but they're real people. And um, they treat me with a lot of respect. Uh, there are times I, you know, what drives me is I forget that I'm that age. And when you get a guy who's a, a junior in college, comes up, sits next to me on the wall, asks me how my day's going, what's going on, or, you know, gee, I saw you do that. If you did this, it might help you a little bit more. And it's almost like they make me feel like I'm one of them. So to me, the jiu-jitsu way is almost like a close brotherhood uh, where people are watching each other's backs. And it's just something that I want to be around more and more. And uh, my wife thinks <laughs> it's my religion now. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's, it's kind of hard to explain. And, and, and I think that's what, you know, yeah, the appeal is I go in there, I work hard. Uh, I have a lot of respect for the system now. When I, when I first started, I, I think one of the first three weeks I was there, somebody said to me, you know, a lot in class, oh, why are you here? And I just said, well, I'm not really interested in belts. I'm just trying to get in shape and, you know, maybe have some fun. Um, when I got my first stripe, that, that all changed. And then when I got my, my blue belt, it was, oh, oh my God, I was going to put this thing on an altar. I, I just couldn't, you know, was I worthy of it? Uh, a lot of things going through my head. And uh, quite honestly, I felt like, gee, uh, they've let me on the bus. I may be sitting on the back, but they let me on the bus. And I was just so glad to be uh, part of it. And it's just something that, that feels almost infectious in me. Yeah, that's. I think you nailed it on the head. It's um, not so much, you know, like, this is one of the, and this is a kind of a constant thing of debate and uh but it's like what who who is a legit black belt you know what i mean like uh i've heard some people talk about like you know it sh- i mean and it should be hard to get your black belt you know at that point i feel like you should be an expert in all grappling and things like that but it's just as much of how good your jujitsu is as how much you've committed to the community, I feel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You could not be a very good technical black belt, but if you have committed a lot of time to the community and made the community around you better, then you know, if if you've done that, you deserve your black belt as much as the next guy, I feel like. Um Chris Howder, who we've both trained with and, and we're familiar with one of the things he says is, and it's funny. I mean, he's got a lot of great sayings. I could rattle them off, you know, that I still use all the time. But one of his things is it's not who's best. It's who's left. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's kind of, it's, that's really it. You know, who has stuck it out and, and, you know, put their nose to the grindstone and suffered more than the next guy is the guy that is going to be the one that deserves it more, you know? So I think that you nailed it on the head. You know, it's not, you know, we could, we could be playing racquetball, but as long as you stuck around and you're committed to it and you're part of that brotherhood and, you know, you watch the guys back and you stay honest and things like that, then you're in that jujitsu lifestyle. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I mean, you kind of nailed it right there. Yeah, definitely well said. Yeah. Um, uh, before you were talking about... Um, Getting into BJJ, uh, I mean, for for the longest time, you were talking about um, just doing your like normal, standard everyday exercises. Uh, do you still do anything like that, or you, do you, or do you just do BJJ now? Uh, I just do BJJ now, and and part of it is, I mean, I had this discussion with Derek in the shower the other day, uh, honestly, and because uh, I asked him, <laughs> awkward statement. Well. <laughs> Honestly, Derek told me I had no ass, so it was like, <laughs> that was before we got in the shower. 
Aki. Sorry, keeps on getting better. <laughs> <laughs> and so I asked him, you know, is there some exercises I can do to strengthen my hamstrings? And, you know, how would they help me in, in, in jujitsu? But, you know, then as we talk more, I reflect on, I, I've made s- such a big commitment and I feel like I like, in some ways I feel like my time is running. I don't want to say running out, but I want to try and go as far as I can in jujitsu as possible. And that means that, you know, I want to give it a lot of time. Um, I'm not burning myself out, but I know my time is probably limited. No, not saying that I can't train in 10 years, but I won't be able to train the way I train now in 10 years. And, and then every year it's going to get less. So the debate was, you know, do I just keep working more in technique and skill level or do I try and bring strength into it? And we both agreed that maybe where I am on the curve, uh, that, you know, strengthening isn't as important to me right now. You got to get some of that general physical preparedness. Exactly. The uh, GPP. Right. So um, Scott's a great person to actually talk to us about. I'm glad that we've act- you've actually brought this up because, um, you know, I've, I know what I know because of Scott and Elliot and the other people at the gym. So, and, and they're to me what I am to you mm-hmm. essentially in that aspect of it. Um, so I'm, I'm pumped to have this conversation. Um, what do you think from your point of view, Scott, that, um, that someone like Al, like we just kind of heard his, his whole statement is, you know, he's committed to jujitsu. He wants to go as far as he can to, in jujitsu. And he feels like his time is limited because not of just because of age, but because of all the other commitments you have in your life. Is there things that he should be doing? Do you think to prolong that? age time you know what i mean like yeah and are there things that i should be doing as a coach on a daily basis that i could maybe incorporate into the time that he spends with me to prolong his judicial journey does that make sense um like the first thing that's coming to my mind is like you know we may not be able to lift weights and things like that but but should i be really working on mobilizing my guys and would is that something that would help I, i i Definitely agree. Um, mobility is 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 one of those things. As Ron's in the background doing mobility, it's great. Well, there there's mobility, and there's also um, also strength. And like one of the one of the most damaging things you can do to the body is lack of use. Um, you go sedentary and it just, it, it, it's, it, it just cuts off years of your life. Um, which is why, like, I mean, I personally, I will, I will work out, lift weights, whatever until, um, until like I physically cannot do it anymore. If, if, and once I'm in a bed, that's when I want to be taken out to pasture. Um, so it's, (laughs) <laughs> I'm I'm going out on my feet. Just, Con- continue with I just the story. Make that statement. And, and I will I will interject something about the things I've witnessed in the locker room at, at the current location. <laughs> we'll get we're back at. to that. <laughs> um, so yeah, to, to answer the question, um, I wholeheartedly agree. Like you should be you should be hitting mobility with these guys. I mean, granted, BJJ has in itself. I mean, from everything that I've seen, you're you're moving around. You're not just staying like in in static positions or or um 
or you're rolling around, you're moving, you're twisting, which is which is awesome. Um, that that in itself is 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 a great gift that you guys are are doing for yourself. But, um, doing all those joint mobility, making sure you have healthy joints, um, and, and as well as once you guys are warmed up, doing like that end range stretching, um, when as your when your body is like just warmed up and nice and hot like hitting that end range stretching getting like that flexibility but on the other side is like is maintaining that basic strength and even if you're deadlifting 95 pounds you're still deadlifting you're still using your body your muscles you're using your central nervous system to move weight around and you're it's so beneficial to your body to do all those things and stay active as opposed to just saying like, mm, you know, I'm this age, I'm done. Uh, right. I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to like let myself gradually go out to pasture. No, I mean, you can keep on going. I mean, there's so many people I've, I've heard of that are in their eighties. I mean, was it, um, Jacinto Brilla? I could have his last name wrong, but I think it's Jacinto something. Um, I think he's, I think he's in his eighties and, and he's a master's athlete and uh, the dude's crushing it. Or look at Steve Maxwell, you know, Steve Maxwell is in his seventies, still does jujitsu. One of the best strength and conditioning coaches in the world. He wraps out strict pull-ups like nobody's business, you know? And this goes back to the whole, like staying inside that boxing, like, that everybody wants you to stay inside this little healthy box whereas as opposed as opposed to there's no reason why you can't just keep on pushing um in, until you're in, until your dying day um and i guess i'm getting off topic uh, about the question but but doing that mobility and doing that strength and conditioning is far better and will push you further down the road than if you are not doing it Jacinto ben, Bonilla, Bonilla, seventy six. That dude is. I mean, he's. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, he's pretty badass. And and that that goes into. Um, I love the fact that people love to just shit on CrossFit and say like how bad it is for you and. And just how damaging it is. But there's these guys like this, but like Jacinto that are 76. They're going to the games as masters athletes and they're lifting heavyweights. What's his deadlift? Uh, 390. 390. 76 I, so, year old doing 390 pounds. So his, his maxes, they're not crazy. I mean, I guess they are if you're 76. I mean, he's got a. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a 135-pound clean and jerk, which, and a 95-pound snatch. He deadlift 390, back squats 265, but you can do 30 max pull-ups, which is insane. That's amazing. I do like six. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, he's 5'7 and 160 pounds, and I'm 6'1, 230, which, but. He's 25 years older than me, man. Right. I mean, like, but that's old. his 400-meter sprint. Is one forty. I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know, uh, he runs a five k in twenty seven twenty two. That's nuts. Yeah, I probably couldn't even do that. Uh, 
His fight gone bad score, 225. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, he's got an 850 Fran. It's probably the, the thrusters that are slowing him down there, not the pull-ups, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it. I mean, that just goes to show that you can keep doing this stuff. Right. You can, and and like you, Al, like there, there's no reason why you couldn't be doing vjj for a long time um but as long as you keep your body healthy Mm -hmm. uh, you keep your joints healthy you i mean granted as we get older he's a black uh, belt karate (laughs) 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 um keeping those health joints healthy and and i mean supplementation uh goes a long way too like taking that fish oil and um but you you just you want to maintain that that basic strength yep. and you want to maintain doing full body movements, not doing going to the, I see these guys across the gym from us that are in like your standard everyday gym and watching them walk out of the gym. It's like a lot of times it's like watching mummies walk out. It's like, it's just like they're shuffling back and forth, back and forth, like shuffling from one foot to, to the next, as opposed to watching their hips actually roll a little bit as they're walking. Their joints are just stiff because they're just sitting there doing they're They've been doing the same damn routine for their entire, their, the entirety of their lives. Ever since they started bodybuilding, they've been doing the same damn routine over and over and over and over again. And, they're doing all these isolateral movements. They're not doing full body movements. I saw this is a perfect time to interject some of the things I've seen in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to shit your pants when I tell you this. Is I saw a guy the other day with a telescoping shoehorn. At a gym. At a gym. So he was using an extendable shoehorn. To put his shoes on so he didn't have to bend over and do it himself. In the locker room at what, a gym. What do you look like? What you'd expect. <laughs> uh, Old, no ass, gut. Overweight. Uh, just really unhealthy. Um, I feel like... So, this kind of goes along with the, the question I was asking, really. Um, so, like... You're talking about, I feel like jujitsu as far as like the normal jujitsu practitioner, I feel like that's enough strength training, moving something around and having to, to not only control your own body, but controlling someone else's body is, uh, you know, it makes you pretty strong. I can say that, you know, I'm not going to say that I was a, a good crossfitter when I started, but I had a good base fitness you know what i mean there was definitely some a lot of those things where like um you know i wasn't clean jerking very much i wasn't snatching very much that's only because you weren't technically there yet you were strong as shit when you came in but you just weren't technically there you hadn't gotten used to that barbell work right and what i was gonna say like i could you know swing a heavy kettlebell and 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 do pull-ups and things like that um but the things that we're going on with what we're talking about, I feel like a lot of my technical deficiencies were because of my, my, my physical deficiencies. Like the, I guess when I'm asking about doing that mobility and, and stuff like that is, um, and I, I guess I really deep down inside know the answer from personal experience. I just don't know how much to focus on it. It's like, uh, 
a thing that I like we've talked about this before is doing jujitsu for so long, doing jujitsu for, you know, almost 10 years now and only doing jujitsu and no lifting weights. I could feel my body adapting to those movements. I think you were saying that saying this like like because of jujitsu, your feet have actually gotten bigger, right? And, and not wider. not longer, just wider, like splayed out. So the other thing is that, and and I've been battling this since I started doing any weightlifting is my thoracic spine is so tight. But if you think about it, it's because we spend a ton of time with our laying on our backs, with our feet. And essentially our hips as far off the ground as we can get and our head tucked to our chin, which is just flexing that thoracic spine the whole time. You know what I mean? So I almost feel like, yeah, you know, you need to be comfortable in that position and get to that position, but you also need to be able to get out of that position. That's only going to make your jujitsu better because you'll be moving better. You know what I mean? So I feel like instead of focusing on the strength and things like that you should be focusing on moving and mobilizing and being able to move correctly and things like that because not only is that going to help your daily life but it'll help your jujitsu as well right you know what i mean so instead of focusing on getting bigger and stronger it's focusing on moving better absolutely and And that that's what we should all be working on right it doesn't matter what you are what you're doing you should throughout your entire life you should be focusing on moving better right as opposed to i mean you get the bodybuilding types that they just want to have big biceps and big shoulders um so they can get laid and it's we should all be focusing on moving better because it's people like ito portal and uh and erwan lacor and and um uh, who, uh, Nick Curson. Nick Curson it's yeah. these guys that are opening up this giant envelope of moving better, which is is is, is amazing. It's like these guys are just talking about. It. it was like you know what, like they're breaking down what the human body is capable of and exploring what the body is capable of, and 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 branching out into these territories where people are looking at them and like you are effing crazy. Like that just looks that looks weird to us. Like right. that looks completely foreign because it's not. It, it, it's not the accepted norm. Um, well, I also it, think it's too, is they're not, they're not focusing on the things that we think of being physically fit. You know, they're not lifting a ton of weight, you know what I mean? And until you try to do those practices, like do a handstand or, um, just doing somersaults or backwards somersaults and things like that, they don't look hard. You know what I mean? It's not like you, you have this grimace on your face and you've got this barbell in your hand and you're, flexing every muscle in your body trying to lift 500 pounds so people are like oh like all you're doing is moving and all actuality like gymnasts all they're doing is moving and it's one of the most physically demanding activities you could probably do ever mm-hmm. you know what i mean I th- and i think that's that's where that misconception or, or that that attitude comes in that you know it's not the norm you know what i mean yeah I, I, they're I mean, speaking of gymnastics, I I think that everybody should practice gymnastics. Gymnastics should be one of those things where, like, it. it I mean, f- box step up classes or what, what was that? What was that thing back in the early nineties? Um, what, 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 what was the name of it? I know what you're talking about. Um, step aerobics. Yeah. Right. yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> like eliminate. Step aerobics. Right, right. It's, ri- I mean, 
like yeah, it had its it 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 had its place, but there wasn't a whole lot of like full like movement. There wasn't like full range of motion movement. It was just stepping up on a box a thousand times. Was, but they should be eliminating courses like that and having courses on just straight up gymnastics. I mean, gymnastic skills is is like full mobility and and, and moving. And um, if you look at uh, if you look at natural movement, uh, Armand Lacour's um, the move nat move nat. That's what it is. Thank you. Um, his one hundred and one stuff. Like all I've watched, I went through a lot of his one hundred and one videos. A lot of his one hundred and one videos. I mean, to to some to, to to some people, they'd probably be like, "This is boring as shit." I mean, this is this is so so simple, and it, it's like, where's the big like flippy movements? Right. No, a lot of it is like like going from a seated position and tucking your foot underneath you and then standing up off a kneel. Right, and and it's it it's, it's like that's like great hip movement, and right. that's that's what should be being taught is like doing these like full. Um, like full movements as opposed to small um small like concentrated movements uh like box step ups <laughs> yeah i, I have mixed... <laughs> you're you're not utilizing like your full range of motion um and this is something that we could talk to al about like and i'd like to hear his opinion on it but um i have mixed emotions about all of that like eliminating or telling people they shouldn't be doing those things because, and and I'm almost biting my tongue now about the whole, uh, those serious racquetball players because at least they are getting out there and they're moving around. You know what I mean? I feel like that about those box step up classes or whatever. <laughs> it's like at least they're moving around. You know what I mean? Yeah, at least I, I, I yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. The one I I I yeah, I might 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 be like bashing on a little bit, but at the same time, it's it's you're still going out and doing something right, right which at the end of the day is better than doing nothing, nothing absolutely um i mean even if you're going next door and you're from where we are and they're and they're doing your your uh, bicep curls at least you're doing something yeah, right yeah. uh so i mean like i said i have i have a uh mixed emotions about that but i guess the 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 thing that i would interject with that is the person who only that's where they stop the buck stops at aerobic step-up class you know what i mean once you get good at aerobic step-up class and that's kind of how i felt about my jujitsu a little bit i'm not saying i'm i mean i'm not the best jujitsu guy in the world i'll never be a world champion uh you know but um i felt like i got to a point where i needed to start adding to my jujitsu mm-hmm. i i moved on to crossfit or and i mean it could have been crossfit it could have been anything else you know i just got lucky in finding a crossfit gym that was you know everything that i was kind of looking for you know they're you guys are pretty open-minded over there you know there was just a gymnastics clinic on saturday they have weightlifting clinics you know and things like that but it was i needed to start pushing the envelope a little and adding something to my my training you know and i take a lot of the things that i learned and that was kind of the whole thing about you know mobility is like i'm learning mobility and things that work for me because of my deficiencies from jujitsu and then taking them back to the academy and in the training room kind of implementing them you know we i, I try to get these guys mobilizing that thoracic spine a little bit and and 
kind of loosening up their shoulders and, and doing things like that and warming up their hips better. And, and, you know, whatever I can do that I feel comfortable that I have a grasp on, you know, I would never teach anything that was way above my head. Um, but I think it's those people that get complacent and comfortable in something like, Oh, I'm pretty good at step aerobics. I'm going to just, Stay right here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm killing it at step aerobics. <laughs> kill, killing the game. I'm up to four steps today. Right. Um, so my my next question is um, for... Right. As, as, um, do you feel like that jujitsu has kind of physically prepared you enough in your daily life? Or, or, or do you feel like you need to be adding that strength and conditioning or, or anything like that? Is there, is there anything you, you feel like jujitsu is, is not so much failed you, but lacked in aspects? No, it, it's funny. Cause I had an interesting experience the last couple of weeks in that we had a snow day and, and there was no class. And, uh, my son said to me, why don't you come to the gym? You know, you haven't been to the gym with me in two years. Why don't you come work out with me? And, I got there and, you know, the weights felt foreign. Uh, I was afraid. That, oh, you used to do this. Uh, I'm not going near that right now. I just, you know, just didn't feel weight strong. You just, you know, holding a barbell in my hands, you know, got into the bench. It just, you know, it, it was a different, you know, I, it was going through my head, am I weaker? I don't think I'm weaker. I think it's a different strength. I mean, right now, maybe because I am have this jujitsu bug so much, I'm just more interested in those things that might give me jujitsu functionality. So, you know, a couple of times a week, even after double class, I go to the next room. I don't know if you know what I do in there, but I go and I do two sets of pull-ups because I, I, I want the arm strength. I want to be able to you know, pull somebody down. I want choking strength, grip strength. I feel like I get those from pull-ups. That's, that's the only thing I've done in the last couple of years. So I'll go in and do a couple of sets of 15 pull-ups uh, after a warm-up and you know, feel like you know, I got a little strengthening in. I don't know if my strength curve – I think naturally my strength curve is going down. I don't feel – you know, maybe I'm offsetting it with a little better technique than I used to have. I don't seem to rely on being pure strength all the time. It's a bad habit I have. I think uh, I have a tendency, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but I, I think I'm probably a little stronger than the average guy in the gym. And I use that to my – I still do when I get stuck. Right. But it's like – Use what you got. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel I have as much of it anymore. Or it doesn't come into play as much. I, I try not to as much anymore. But uh, I'd be more interested in the functionality of the strength – uh, for jujitsu, uh, and for my overall health, I guess. Well, don't leave out old man strength. Okay. Well, that, that's a term I hear all the time. Right. You know? right. <laughs> or, 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 or dad strength. Yeah. That, that's a big one, too. seems like as soon yeah. as someone has a kid, you're like, Jesus Christ, Like, what happened? You got that, I think that, that testosterone you have saved up <laughs> kind of gets released when you have a child. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go into that protection mode or something. I'm wondering if you guys did an experiment in your Academy and you got a sled, you go, uh, two doors down to that giant indoor. Um, well, there's a sled there. So I, you probably know where I'm going with this is get a long ass rope. Uh, you remember when we did these, we played around with this on, on, uh, at, at, at the CrossFit boxes. Um, it's not so much just pulling a rope on a sled. It's the position you get into when you're pulling a rope. Um, this is my, my favorite guy, uh, Julian, um, I think Pinode. Yeah. Um, where you get into this position where it's like this bracing position, you're doubled, you're doubled over 
and what you're doing is you're bringing your hands pretty much up over your head and you're pulling on this rope. It's almost like if you were to just do a rope climb over and over and over and over again, but you're isolating your isolating the, those those lats the, those those pulling muscles in your back and you're working your grip strength and you're working your pulling motion uh, over and over and over again and sending all you guys to the academy to get into that bent over position of just like pulling on that rope as as as, as much as you can will increase your grip strength your forearm strength your pulling muscles and I'm wondering where it would take um, a lot of your members as far as like how they. <laughs> so, you know, you know, you know what I'm thinking, right, is that we've had the crossover from the CrossFit guys and girls coming to do some jujitsu. Yeah, I think we need to get oh, a cross awesome. training day and have some of the jujitsu guys come and do some CrossFit done i'll coach and uh yeah i, <laughs> I would lo- i would love uh, to do something like that and, and see, I, maybe see maybe goes. not even like because you know you can't i wouldn't want to i mean unless they were going to commit a lot of time to it i wouldn't want those guys coming in and doing some serious barbell work no you know no, no need for no it. olympic lifting and stuff like that but it would be good to you know do some of those kind of odd object movements and you know putting the guys kind of through that pace you know swing some kettlebells you know because you can kind of teach the proper way to do that quickly without you know wasting too much time well having doing um russian russian swings right. with a heavy ass kettlebell right look what joe rogan does loves kettlebells all right um but we could push the, push the sled pull the sled you know yeah push pull right those hip movements i mean i'm assuming you guys in bjj used your hips a lot right. to get somebody up off of you right um or Maybe get yourself up off some, the ground or mo- twisting and moving some some snatch pulls and not go overhead uh toes to bar you know, kind of. That, I mean, I think all that stuff would, you know, be it. VFs, right? That that that's my. I'm rolling on VFs lately, right? Uh, bec- and and it's getting people to move, um, activate the right areas. Because right. a lot of times, people. One thing I always teach is like people when they when they're doing toes to bar, they're activating their their upper abdominal area, so they're curling under the bar. They're moving inefficiently, right? As opposed to where they should be uh, moving which is from their hips right and it's just like it's it's getting that good hip crease getting getting like firing up those hips well i, I think the other v-ups. interesting thing about doing v-ups with jujitsu guys is and and kind of talking about that is the timing there's a timing to doing v-ups correctly just like there's a timing to guard work you know what i mean so that would be an interesting crossover it would almost be like if you're not and it'd be it'd be interesting i think to take someone who maybe their guard is a little lacking as far as do describe guard so you're on your back your feet are either wrapped around somebody or on their hips and you're using your arms and your legs to control someone from the bottom so a lot of times too is like you wait until that guy makes a move when you're on your back and you capitalize on whichever way they're moving to kind of manipulate it to your advantage, right? So it's okay. a lot of timing. So they're using like, their own energy against them. Essentially. But it's a lot of like, all right, so the guy leans forward to move a little bit. And as he l- moves forward, you're kicking your toes and flexing your core and pulling with your arms to dip their head down to control that posture. Then you're hugging the head, sinking a choke, doing some kind of sweep. Just like if you're doing a V up, the arms and the legs come up kind of at the same rate. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. a timing. You know, if you if you kick your feet up doing a V up, 
and your arms aren't in that in sync, you, it's going to be infinitely That's harder. where it comes into play of where you're firing from. Right. So having, having those... So but I guess what I'm getting at is maybe a lot of those people, if they learned where to fire from doing the V-up, their guard would get better. Uh with that know what i mean like yeah i i'm 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 hearing you loud and clear right. it's all about how to what what to fire right because it's, it's going back to doing toes to bar if they're firing their upper abdominal area to try to curl themselves in they're moving it efficiently they're not doing it correctly right they should be firing from a different set of muscles Yep, those us non-crossfitters had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I anyway. that, that's something we should get better at is right. like describing what we're talking about. But I mean, that's right. the size of mine. Can you describe a VO? Yeah, so uh, you're laying on your you're laying on your back. Uh, your feet are extended. Obviously, feet are extended. Uh, toes pointed, arms up above your head. Um, uh, and what you're doing is you're firing from your hip pocket. Um, so the, the crease between your leg and, and, and your abdominal section, and you're bringing your feet and your hands up at the same time to, uh, I mean, go from basically this flat line on the ground to coming up into a V shape. Uh, your body will make a V shape. So hence a or V a up taco. Right. Um, cause tacos, taco ups just doesn't sound as good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm calling them taco ups from now on. Um, it yeah. So delicious. I think, I think, uh, know developing some kind of uh uh small program you know just a, an hour-long program and getting i these accept your challenge and, and yeah and testing these guys out i think would be really interesting yeah uh, I'd, I'd be game i'll tell you that yeah and it'd be cool if it was like you know uh i definitely think that like um you know implementing some kind of equipment would uh would be really interesting but i think even the more body weight focused the mm-hmm. better because then that's maybe stuff that we could incorporate into our class on a daily basis so these guys could go and do on their own without having to invest in a lot of yeah. equipment you know what i mean and then hopefully the other thing too is the guys that can afford it financially and time-wise will invest in themselves and start doing maybe some some crossfitters some some strength and conditioning yeah. I, I, that's one thing that I'm, anytime I'm doing, uh, an intro or, um, doing, uh, what we call an on-ramp, which is a, a series of one-on-ones, um, to get somebody that may not either, is either physically unprepared, um, to go full on into CrossFit, uh, classes or, um, just isn't technologically, uh, technically, um, there or just isn't quite comfortable going into regular classes is, is I'm constantly reminding them like, Hey, pay attention to this shit. All right. Listen, listen to what I'm telling you. I'm basically giving you this big bag and I'm filling up this bag with lots of stuff that you could be doing all the time. Like, remember these things. Don't just sit there and nod your head, say, okay, I'm going to do this exercise now and be robotic about it. Like, Put it in your bag and remember it, this mm. stuff. I mean, doing uh, like knowing knowing something like the how to program a, a Tabata, right. um, or, or 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 an Imam uh, every minute on the minute. Um, knowing how to do these things and knowing these various exercises that you can do is is huge. 
I mean, it's absolutely huge. You don't have to do CrossFit to know these things. Right. Um, but I, I just like to remind people, it's like they can, if there's a snow day and they can't get out of their driveway or they're just tired um, or they're traveling and they're staying in a hotel, they can do all kinds of things in these body weight movements, which is exactly kind of what you're getting at is just like, if they can't make it, they can't do it. They, they just don't have the funds to get into CrossFit. They can research these body weight movements and do them on their own all the time. Well, I think the other thing too is, and, and I mean, feel free to chime in or whatever, but um, like you guys aren't allowed to talk. Uh, <laughs> uh, I feel like, even just moving on a daily basis, it kind of that's what I was like wondering about Al too about jujitsu. Is like, do you feel like you move better? You know what I mean? Do you? Feel oh, like- I definitely do. I, I, I mean, I have so much more core strength than I did when I started. Uh, my balance is better. Uh, I'm not afraid to fall anymore. You know, you you start to get older, and uh, you know, you look at the ground a little differently. But uh, you know, after being thrown around, uh, you know, it's even Ron's worked with me a lot. You know, trying to just kind of make me relax when I fall and I just it, I feel like I'm a very different person and you know um, and I do have to attribute that to, to what we do every day and no you know every position is a little different use different muscles I think there's a lot of mobility uh, but I would really uh, love to say you know I walk into a class with you or something I, and I left there with even like four exercises that I could do on my own either you know as part of my warm-up before I got there or afterwards that would uh, help my functionality uh, with jujitsu, but also, you know, with everyday life. Yeah. Cause I, I think as far as like, like CrossFit goes, I think that's one of the, the, the most advantageous thing about CrossFit. And hopefully it's a, um, it's a, it's a thing for jujitsu too. And that's kind of another parallel is it is, you know, how many people don't even know how to bend over correctly, you know, squat down and pick something up without hurting themselves. I know so many people that, you know, picking up something very light off the ground but they moved incorrectly is how they injured themselves you know i've i know jujitsu guys that you know go hard five or six times a week wrestling and then blew their knee out raking their yard you know what i mean because they weren't pivoting right or or bending down right or or they were putting the stress in the wrong spot as they were raking those leaves you know what i mean so i think those those life skills of of movement and taking care of yourself and, and putting yourself in a good position to be successful is, is often overlooked, but very important. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, and this is even something that I've learned, um, since I've been doing CrossFit and, and I mean, there was, there was a time where I think it was in my early twenties and it's just like, I was following the, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Pumping iron. Mo- modern, <laughs> modern encyclopedia or, or encyclopedia of modern bodybuilding. Right. And that was like my go-to and like this, as far as working out goes. And for some reason I kept on hitting the gym and every, and, and I was hitting it so randomly that at the only time I would go there, it was like, I'd just be bench pressing. Right. So I was like actually drawing my shoulders forward. I was drawing everything. I wasn't doing abs enough. And I mean, I pulled my back giving money to a toll booth attendant right. uh, in my early 20s, which is sad as shit. Right. <laughs> so, and coming into CrossFit, that's one thing that I will, like, I will forever preach in, in our gym is it like our programming, uh, how we run our classes is 
I mean, even far superior to even some other CrossFit gyms. Yep. We warm you up. We do right. mobility. Like mobility is a huge thing to, uh, to, 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 to the owners, Matt and Kevin, Kate, mobility is massive to us. Um, just to, I mean, to keep everybody moving the way they're supposed to move and then, then furthering that by teaching these functional movements. Um, I mean, with exceptions, cause you're never going to really snatch anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, Although, like we talk about this too, is like, um, I feel like a lot of those exercises, if you're going to be athletic at all, if like, so if you go beyond being, I don't really know how to put this and um, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, I think there, there are stages to your physical fitness. You know, you go from being poor, you know, to being not physically fit at all to being, uh, I don't want to say like, I don't know what the, to, to label the next stages as, but like there's a, a poor and then like a functional where, you know, you're getting around and maybe it's, it's poor general and then specialized maybe is the correct categories to put it in. I don't know. But I feel like once you get into that upper, uh, tier of fitness, as far as where you're going to be an athlete, where you, where you can, where you're, you're doing something athletic on a regular basis, whether it's, you know, you can be a, 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 a you know, recreational, but pretty serious weightlifter, basketball, football, jujitsu, doing judo, boxing, you know, frisbee golf, racquetball, whatever the fuck it is that you, but you're taking pretty serious. All those Olympic lifts are only going to add to your success in those things. Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, it, it's a it's a weird thing because the technique needs to, for your, your Olympic lifts almost needs to be as um, dialed in as whatever you're doing those Olympic lifts for. You know what I mean? So like my, my technique in jujitsu is, is something I really focus on. But it's almost like to get better at jujitsu, I need to do these Olympic lifts. But to do those Olympic lifts correctly, I, my technique for those Olympic lifts needs to be looked at as much as my technique for my jujitsu. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's why I like, um, like snatch pulls, for example, because you don't have to be as technical. It's almost like, or there's not as much technique to look at. You have to be very technical to do those things, but it's only, you're only doing half the exercise. So you have to look at half the, the technique essentially. You know what I mean? You're only going from the floor to your hips. So, but that floor to the hips, if you do that right and correctly, is going to be very, very beneficial for your explosive power on anything you're going to do. You know yeah. what I mean? So I feel like if you want to be a serious athlete, adding any of those Olympic lifts, you know, uh, snatch pulls, hang power cleans, things like that where you're not where – where you still have to be technical, but you don't have to look at as many technical aspects – are only going to be beneficial to whatever you're doing. Yeah. So you're saying you get the, the biggest return for your buck right. doing doing certain exercises right. that are going to really... You know, and maybe maybe isolating the from the ground to the hip aspect of it and then isolating the shoulder overhead and not doing it in one big motion because then you're not looking at like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a shorter, shorter bites to take than trying to bite off more than you can chew you sure. know what i mean and yeah. I, and it, it comes down i think what you're getting is as is, is uh 
is that explosive use of your legs and you're basically like just doing like a whole motor recruitment of using your legs, using your hips, using your, using your lower back and just getting this rear power chain engaged and, and opened up. Um, and focusing solely on that explosive nature, which is going to be the biggest, biggest part of your lift as a, as opposed to, and you're taking out when people, a lot of times people will worry so much about where that barbell is going to land as opposed to where it began. Right. Um, and, and, Hitting those explosive movements, you will amplify anything that you're doing as far as athletics go. I mean, look at if you did like a hang, like a hand clean. Um, think about what you're doing with the hand clean. If your if your shoulders are on top of uh, on top of the bar knee or uh, barbells over the knees and your crease at the hips, uh, kind of bent over, you're going to drive off your, off the heels, drive, uh, drive from your legs, open up your hip and then expand yourself open, bring that barbell straight up your body and then, and then, and then catch it. That big extension. Think about if you had a human in wrestling and you have him in a, in a, in a hug, what are you going to do to flip him upside down on top of his back? Right. you're going to extend you're going to open up right and 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 get them into the mat i mean it's it's getting that explosive nature the football that's why we that's why they train football um uh athletes olympic lifting is being more explosive right well i think even like so like um i mean you could even break it down to if you're going to shoot on somebody, you know, you lower your level right. and you're, it's almost like, so you're squatting down. Now you're just changing the trajectory from straight up to, you know, laterally across the mat, you know what I mean? And parallel to the mat or parallel to the ground. So it's the same thing. You're, you're squatting down and the hip explosion is now not up. It's forward. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that any of that stuff, you know, is going to um, make you better. I, I feel like, um, one of the things that's often overlooked when, um, especially when you're on top and Al, you can kind of attest to this. And I think this may be something that you as a blue belt and someone who comes in and just pretty much just does what I teach you. But when I look back on it, whatever, and this might be, hopefully this is a light bulb to you is when you're passing guard on top, you often start on your heels. And then once you're passing, you transfer that weight to your toes, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So as you get around to get heavy on someone, you're transferring that weight to your toes. Think about what a, like if you're going to do a snatch pull, you start driving through your heels and you end up transferring all that weight to your toes at the top of the pull. So just passing someone's guard, you start with your weight on your heels so that you have good posture, your weights are over your heels, your hips are over your knees, you know what I mean? You're in a good stable power position. And then when you start to pass that guard and you're going to get heavy, you so, shuck those legs by and you transfer all that weight to your toes. Yeah. So it's only going to translate better if you can translate power and your weight from your heels to your toes quickly and back and forth. So I think, it, like I said, I think it's just all, it's, it's one of those things where like it would only behoove you if you had the time and the energy and things to, to investigate these things. Yeah, it can only be beneficial. Right. Well, it sounds like you get a double kick out of it. So, you know, you're getting a kick out of being much more functional in your sport or your activity, but there's also the safety side. Like you said, learning how to pivot when you rake. I mean, uh, you'd be surprised with, with all the guys in uh, gym, Derek asked us to do push-ups. How many guys do them correctly? 
uh, I only do them correctly now because Derek showed us how to do them correctly one day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my shoulders used to bother me all the time. I, I've had less shoulder problems doing push-ups the way Derek suggested we do them. So I see that double bang out of, you know, uh, doing something correctly, making it safer, uh, you know, keeping you away from injury, but also becoming more functional uh, in the activity you're trying to do. Yeah. I think, I think it's also funny too, like going along with what Al's talking about is, you know, um, Al is going to say, no, no, you know, like what, like, cause he's a humble guy, but Al's good at jujitsu. Yeah. Look, see, look at his face <laughs> uh, for, for doing jujitsu for as, as short a time as he has been doing it and for picking up and, and trying. So jujitsu is all about really is all is, is pattern recognition and, and data chunking. All you're doing is, is you're, you're getting on the mat and you're spending some time and you're doing things and you're seeing how someone reacts and you're collecting that data. So next time when they do that, you recognize the pattern and you're like, Oh, he's, I can feel that he's going this way because he transferred his weight. So all you're doing is you're recognizing patterns and, and, and collecting that data or whatever. Um, and I feel like, the impressive thing about Al is that he has, and maybe we could talk about what you've done in your life that has maybe allowed you to do that. You know what I mean? As, as the things in your life that has, has taught you how to recognize patterns and things like that. But that being said, at 57 years old, when he started, Al picked up on that very quickly. But I think the funny thing is that he knows how to be strong doing jujitsu and he knows how to be strong doing, you know, and, and passing guard and being on top. But I still had to teach him correctly how to do push-ups. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So it's like right. you're not taking those. So, At 57 years right, old, right. you think I would have figured it out. Right. But it's, it's funny that people that take those skills, you know what I mean? Like they could be the best jujitsu player in their entire world. And they, and they know where to be strong in jujitsu. But then you like do a push-up and their arms are all flared out. I'm like, when do you ever pass guard with your elbows away from your body? You know what I mean? Right. Why do you not do that? Because it's not strong. So why would you do a push-up like that? Right. You know what I mean? And that was the kind of thing that I tried to relay to those people that were in shape and knew how to be strong doing CrossFit when they came into Jiu-Jitsu. It's like, you already know where you're strong. So get into that position, and you already know where you're not strong, so put the other person in that position. Look, you're winning. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> right. it's, it's right. kind of one of those things. And then... As it gets more technical, of course, whatever, like that's when you start trying to pick up on people's patterns and, and, and recognize it and collect that data. But if you do those things, you know, put yourself in a strong position and just try to put the other person in a not strong position, you're already ahead of the game. You know what I mean? So I think it's, it's funny that, that people that don't bridge those gaps. You know what I mean? And I, and I feel like I didn't do that probably until CrossFit either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've, I've going from, being so singularly obsessed about jujitsu to exploring other things has helped me. I've really bridged those gaps. You know what I mean? Out of kind of necessity and just curiosity. Talk yeah. about learning. I want to learn how to shot put. You know, I don't want to learn how to shot put because I don't because I want to shot put in the Olympics or be a professional shot putter or even do shot put competitions. But talk about how shot put is one of the best ways to learn how to create and control torque with your body correctly. So if you, yeah, can, you want to talk about doing something that'll benefit right. what you guys do. Right. So it's, or anything in life, you know what I mean? If you need to turn something really hard, a big, you know, 
God forbid there's a big water valve and the whole town's going to get flooded if you can't shut this thing off and you need to turn it really hard and it's stuck. The town is fucked if you don't know how to shot put it. Jimmy's going to drown saying. unless you get this thing <laughs> off. Save, save grandma. <laughs> yeah, well, think, yeah, but think of how many moves we have in jujitsu. I mean, you know a lot more of them than I do where you need that, that right, motion. Right, right. And you know, the more I'm sitting here, the more I'm listening for someone who just like... You know, I heard CrossFit, I heard the thing, I heard, you know, get strong, I lift weights and everything. But now when I, I can just see so much applicability, uh, if that's a word, uh, that, that in some ways that I feel like if I was doing CrossFit now, I may be doing jujitsu uh, in some ways, even though, you know, no different than learning a technique, but learning how to either become explosive in a certain way or, or cre- create a, a certain movement that I might need for a technique. Right. Well, and hopefully one of the things that I'm hoping is that me as a jiu-jitsu instructor, and you know, maybe this is something I need, to, I need to sit back and look at too, is like, am I, am I preparing my guys enough so that they could walk into a CrossFit gym and be aware of their body enough that within a few minutes they could be moving better than someone who wasn't doing jiu-jitsu? You know what I mean? Am I putting, am I putting my... Or at least my we wouldn't members, get hurt. <laughs> right. Am I putting my member? Am I am I giving my members a leg up in fitness and life as much as I need to be? You know what I mean? Like, is that yeah? Like, I, I'm not asking you because like no one would really know except for my members and me. But that's something that I should probably be thinking about. As you know, like Pete said, you know, it's not. It's you know, you could have 45 gold medals, but if you know, you're not doing right by your students it doesn't matter you know what i mean and that's something i need to look at maybe is is and maybe i am doing it and i'm just it's i just haven't considered are you saying it, that, like are you are you just preparing your students for bjj or you are you preparing your students for more than bjj right like and i feel like and a, and a couple guys have said this to me and that's kind of the conversation that we're we're we touched upon this a little bit with Pete was I do feel like as far as like mentally and emotionally, I do a, a, a good job of preparing my students for life. You know what I mean? A lot of guys have come to me and said, you know, if it wasn't for jujitsu, this would happen. Or if it wasn't for jujitsu, this would happen. Or, you know, I, I come to jujitsu because it helps me deal with life better and, and things like that. So that's where I'm confident. Now maybe I have to bridge that gap from preparing people mentally and emotionally and giving them an outlet and 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 life skills socially and culturally maybe i need to start giving them more life skills physically too you know what i mean like yeah am i am i doing are, are my guys because we we do go hard and we do get a good workout in but i feel like and and i'm i'm happy we, we do this is is um we focus a lot on technique, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and that is like, I don't want to lose that at all, but do I need that now? Take it one level further and will that make my guys even better? You know what I mean? I don't know. That's something that I can't sit there and answer Yeah, without, I, without long, deep thought, but that's, it's, and, and you know, and if people listening to this and you're a jujitsu instructor, maybe that's something that you need to look at too. You know what I mean? Like, is that, or, or the jujitsu culture and, and scene as a whole, are, are they doing that as well? You know what I mean, can someone who does jujitsu walk in someplace and be proficient at it? You know what I mean? Who doesn't want to be, you know, 
as as athletic as possible. You know what I mean? Like that's only going to benefit everyone. Yeah, but but it, it, I mean, I, I think it's apparent to a lot of us of other sports that it already happens. I mean, we talked earlier about football players, you know, doing Olympic lifts to make them better at their positions, and it's a big part of their training. You know, yes, they're training techniques, they're they're training, you know. You know, how, how to pull left, how to pull right as a lineman, whether, you know, tackle, spin moves as a defensive lineman. Yeah, those are all specific te- techniques they use in their game. But, you know, when they're off doing Olympic lifts, it's to make their game better as well. Right. So I think you can get both at the same time. Right. Plus have that better functionality. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there's there's so much that we do. I mean, and this is kind of, this, this always stems back to um, some of our original conversations um between Derek and I um and that was that we're talking about I mean are there these are these there are these key movements that, that people across the board young old should be learning to do um to give get make themselves proficient at everything across the board I mean right. are there are there some key movements that like uh like up down push pull should there, I mean, should there be there the, this core, basic human movement that we should all know to make ourselves? Um, I mean, even getting those like CrossFit modalities, um, like speed endurance, blah 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 blah, blah, blah um, of making us better humans, right? Um, better physical humans, capable, capable more, humans, more capable humans, more capable humans, right? Um, I mean, should there? I mean, should all humans learn how to do a snatch pole. Right. Is it, is it something that would benefit like across the board? Right. Knowing how to do a correct snatch pole. I mean, that might be excessive. Knowing how to deadlift, right. that would be one of those or beneficial things. Or squat. Right. How to squat down without your knees tracking in and crashing in and, and going up on your toes and, and where your ass is supposed to be in relationship to, uh, to, to your knees, like where you're pushing, pulling from. Um, that's one of those things. Everybody should know this, right? They should be teaching. This is like in, in grade schools, like, right. And not only, you know, for the applications we talked about, but you start talking quality of life, longevity of life, you know, decreased muscle mass, uh, correlates to, to, to death. And, you know, we know, you know, your muscle mass is probably the best thing for your heart. Uh, as, as older people lose that muscle mass, uh, their hearts start to fail. Mm-hmm. The other thing is blood flow to the brain. And, you know, the more we can increase blood flow to the brain, the healthier it is. So when you're talking longevity, you're talking quality of life, uh, this all fits in. I mean, it, it, there's no rational reason why this shouldn't shouldn't be along all levels and like you said taught even in uh, grade school like yeah. it, it so it becomes a way of life yeah i mean the but what do they teach jumping jacks <laughs> right it's like jumping jacks great exercise to get the blood going but it really doesn't show you how to like move correctly i mean well it, 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 it i mean that's a poor example of it but it's like it's like that's like one of those things it's like i mean what's do they even have PE in, well, in here, grade school here, anymore? They do. Uh, here's the well. Yeah. Here's the the funnier thing that goes along with what we're talking about is not only is Al 
a jujitsu blue belt and a successful businessman and a grandfather and a father and a husband, <laughs> but he's also a chairperson for a college. Uh, a trustee. A trustee. Yeah, trust- yeah. <laughs> so, but well, we've had this conversation for a bit is, and, and kind of the state of education in the United States now, do you feel like, um, and you, we've talked about people coming into college and you've had these conversations with, you know, younger people kind of starting their college career. Do you, do you feel like, um, that, the the our kids are being prepared enough for college and for, or, or prepared enough for life at this point? No, I don't. I mean, I, I, it's, it's, you know, being a trustee, I see how, you know, the difference between when I went to college and what college offers now, there's a lot more handholding along all levels. Right. Uh, and, you know, colleges make themselves attractive to kids because uh, the, the more of those type things they can offer, the, the more kids gravitate. So I, I don't feel as if kids are as prepared um, as they were. And I, I see it even in my own kids, I, you know, when they're ready, that, you know, the amount of help I give them as, as, as they started. And I'm not just talking financially, but I'm like, have you done this? You know, what have you picked out for courses? Where are your grades? I mean, when I went off to college, it was like, Good luck. You better pass. And, and you know, <laughs> uh, it's very different today. Right. And uh, no, I don't think they do enough, enough of that. And uh, and quite honestly, from an athletic perspective, you know, I, I find it very different. You know, when I grew up, there were only maybe three or four major sports. We had four or five major heroes, but it's like everybody wanted to participate in them. Uh, today, you know, I have a granddaughter who's very athletic. She's a great basketball player. She runs cross country. But I, I just see that there, there's so many options for the kids that they don't get hooked on anything. And as a result, they spend more time, I think, interested in video games and other things. Uh, uh, I have my oldest son who always was, I thought, much more natural athlete than I ever was, no matter what he did. Uh, within a short period of time, he excelled at it, whether it be something from lacrosse, basketball. But um, he gravitated towards something new. At the, t- at the time, which was skateboarding. And, you know, I, he grew up with, with Tony Hawk and company. And it gave him a set of skills, I think, that are very different than mine. Yet, his younger brothers, who were almost like a half a generation apart, don't even have that focus because I, I, I just didn't see it as having um, either the idols or uh, that, that sense of athletics. There were just too many other things for them to do rather than get involved uh, in something athletic. So I, I feel like the kids miss out today. Yeah. I, I there's, it kind of goes into a little bit of, uh, there might be a, just a giant imbalance, um, where it, it, it's, it's kids aren't, I mean, they're only playing video games. They're not going outside. <laughs> Ron's and laughing then, then, because that's, that's, who, that's who pays his salary every year. I'm laughing because it's not because of the kids. It's because parents are kicking them out the door. It's, yeah. It's, 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 you could replace the word video games with television or iPhone or, you know, technology Facebook or whatever. Yeah, we could go with technology. Don't dump it on that. It's, it's that they're not already outside. <laughs> you can't play video games when you're outside. This is true. This is true. Um, and... and, and but I mean, like there, that imbalance is that they're 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 not going outside. Exactly what we just said. They're not going outside. Um, well, let's but at the be same honest. T- but, it's twenty-seven below out now. No, yeah, okay. <laughs> I know, but, 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 but even 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 competition means something different today. I mean, when I was a kid, and I, 
playing sixth grade football. I went out there to win. Uh, today, there isn't that same drive. Uh, Are we going to bring up participation awards? Well, absolutely. Screw that. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, when you, when you get a participation award, what, what does that mean? I mean, that wouldn't have, that wouldn't have excited me as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll go get twenty kills on Black Ops Three. Right, that that give me more satisfaction than a participation award. We, all, we also forgot to mention that Al is a, a big video game player as well, <laughs> which is amazing. And you don't get participation awards for Black Ops Three. I just like to point that out. No, it's a video game. No participation award in that. All right, so. No, but, but that's my point. And uh, I just, uh, I, I don't know. I just think you know the the at least the idols I grew up with were guys that uh, excelled, worked hard, and won. Yeah. Um, so, it, it, I mean, going back to that imbalance thing, it, there, there need we need to find a as a society we need to find a balance because we're right now we're at this point where it's like there's there's like so much focus on technology but there's not enough focus on like physical. I mean, but, but like you're it's like the the gap is like getting bigger and bigger and bigger between those two things and it's like there's only like the kids that just want to watch TV and play video games and there's the kids that want to just play sports and there's not a lot of kids that play video games and do sports at the same time and they need to like I mean technology is important I mean it's it's here it's here to stay it's and and the kids growing up they do need to know how to do all this stuff because because everything's becoming more and more technologically advanced but at the same time they need to not forget that like there's we're, we're human beings and we need to move absolutely and and I, I think that's where I'm ultimately giving at getting at it's just like you can play video games. You can play it. There, there's no, nothing wrong with video games. There's nothing wrong with watching TV. There's nothing wrong with doing any of that stuff. But you still need to go the fuck outside. Right. All right? Even at negative 27. Yeah. Go freeze your nuts off, Timmy. Right. right. <laughs> Get some frostbite. Get some even frostbite if, in your life. Even if, if it's... For, I'm like... Come on, like, uh, was it uh, <laughs> Norway? Sure. <laughs> Go freeze your nuts off, dude. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Are they cold enough yet? <laughs> I mean, like, I, I think I've seen, I've seen an article on, on kids in, in uh, like, Norway where they're, I mean, kindergarten, maybe maybe not kindergarten, but um, first grade, second grade. That's Norway. That's probably kindergarten. Yeah. yeah. So they're sending these kids out at lunchtime in nothing but underwear, going outside and taking ice baths. Yep. They're doing this, and guess what? They're the healthiest kids uh, like in the world. I mean, they're, they're, they're exposing themselves to this, and they're getting, they're, they're adapting to it. And, like... Just because it's in the teens doesn't mean your kid can't go out and play. Right, all right? right. We're, we're so overprotective. And right. I mean, that goes into, that kind of goes goes hand in hand with participation award is being coddled and being held hand, hand-helded, hand-held um, through their entire life. And, and it's like the boy in the bubble syndrome. Um, well, go freeze your nuts off outside, Timmy. Right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's simple. Do you, so, I think like one of the things that is popping into my mind now, and it's a term that gets thrown around a lot with our community, and it's already been mentioned on this podcast once. Is do you think that it's a matter of comfort? Do you think that 
people aren't, I mean, from not pushing yourself in later in your life because of, you know, what, for whatever reason and kids not being prepared or whatever, do you think it's a matter of people not wanting to be uncomfortable? Do you think that's the, the, the key thing here? I mean, I feel like that's for me, it's, it's as soon as you're not comfortable anymore or, or when I'm not comfortable anymore, that seems when my, when my life excels the most, when I make the most progress in my life is when mm-hmm. I get uncomfortable. It's when I'm comfortable all the time that kind of things just stay on that even line and I get uncomfortable and there might be a little dip on that EKG machine, but the next movement is always way above right. where it was yeah. previously, you know? The only way you learn is, is getting uncomfortable. Right. And I think this is going to come right back to you out where it's you're 57 you had to be as uncomfortable as possible just walking to that bgj bjj well you, you, you it, yeah. was there some part of yeah. you that was like kind of like shit this is so another layer to the al onion is, <laughs> and and we can talk about this is al's been getting uncomfortable for his entire life i feel because his first job if you can correct me if I'm wrong, was working at the docks in Boston yeah. as a young kid. And he told me, I mean, you can kind of elaborate on the story, but the fact that he had no truck driver's license and one day they said they needed a truck driver. So Al said, I'll do it. And got behind <laughs> a real big truck with no experience right. and decided to drive to New York City back and forth for a couple of years. That's awesome. Yeah. And then on top of that, he moved to St. Lucia away from his family and started a factory there yeah and in his early teens so al is no stranger to getting uncomfortable so i touch on those things please and then talk about how that has prepared you for the rest of your life and and just being uncomfortable in general well i i don't know if maybe the word isn't uncomfortable i was never i was never afraid you know if i saw a challenge and there was an opportunity um so first, you talk about driving the truck. Well, my job before driving the truck was to get there at 4 a.m., shovel a lot of ice, uh, do some real nasty, dirty work with rotten fish and stuff. So when someone says, hey, who can drive a truck? I can drive a truck. You know, so, so I wasn't <laughs> afraid. It was like to me, hey, I get to jump up a little bit. Uh, I'm going to learn something new. And I, did. I ended up getting a class one license, and, and I drove a truck for them for a number of years. Uh, same thing happened to me going down to uh, St. Lucia. I wasn't in my early teens. I was. I had just got married. I was 21 years old, and uh, they needed some help setting up a factory down there, technical help. I was supposed to go down for two weeks. I had gotten married in May, and this was in August. And I'm like, yeah, I can go down there and help set up. Well, I ended up going down, help setting up. They ended up firing the general manager. And for the next year, this 21-year-old guy was, was running this, this factory down in St. Lucia. Uh, but it was almost like, yeah, I can do it. I can get it done. And, you know, it wasn't always smooth, wasn't always easy, but, you know, things got done and uh, it worked for the company And that if I had to stay there all night long with people to make sure we hit production deadlines or whatever it needed as a startup, we did it. And uh, so I, I, I like a little bit of a thrill, but, uh, but I'm not afraid. Uh, so that's kind of pushed me. Uh, you know, sometimes I let it dangle out there a little too far, you know, whether it be the way I drive my car or, uh, you know, I don't ski anymore, but uh, I was probably would have been dead if I kept skiing. So on that sailboat of yours that you're an avid sailor as well. <laughs> so I, I've been with Al when he likes to like and hang out on the sailboat a little bit and the, the bow rail is, is dipping into the water. 
Uh, <laughs> I part of my background is my dad's Navy. Oh, um, so and he likes sailing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I he dipped the rails into the water one too many times for me, so I don't really get on sailboats <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I've I, I've gotten on a sailboat in later years yeah. in my life, but like as a teenager, I was like, nope, no, <laughs> not doing this anymore. Well, then you wouldn't want to sail with Al. <laughs> but, but I, you know, and again, I use the term, uh, you know, I'm not afraid. Like, I, there are a lot of things I still haven't done that I want to do. Um, I, want to, I want to go skydiving, you know, uh, think, things of that nature. And maybe it's my personality, but um, I feel like you know, we're only here so long. And uh, there are a bunch of things that I think uh, we can experience and enjoy. And uh, I, want to, I want to try as many of them as I can. Right. So there wasn't, for, for you, there really wasn't a lot of like fear going to the. To no, the, it's kind of like the stupid soldier that volunteers for something. <laughs> you know, it's like, does he know that this is, this is, he's not really brave. He's just stupid. And sometimes I think there's a fine line with me. Uh, but uh, I've been lucky that I haven't found myself, you know, too many times in situations that uh, I couldn't get out of. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. Well, I also feel like it seems to be a reoccurring thing um in, in my life when i look at you know and I, I research successful people and by all rights al is one of the most successful people i know like personally you know um i don't know that many people so you know uh, <laughs> yeah, i took it with a grain of salt <laughs> but uh not so much not being afraid i feel like i mean i'm sure there are things in your life that you are afraid of but it's not being afraid to fail Right. Maybe that's the right you term. I mean? Yeah. Failure is always an option. It's yeah. and I feel like that's one of those things that's uh it's uh it seems to be a re- everyone I know that is is really successful that seems to be a reoccurring theme is, you know, background on my phone. Fail, fail and fucking fail again. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, and the only way you kind of learn and and get through things and is, is you can't be afraid to fail. Yeah. Um, one thing that, uh, I've, I've, I've noticed and picked up on Al, which kind of goes in hand in hand with, with failure is, is the, we can kind of elaborate on a little bit is the, is the humility to, to fail. And every time you talk about how successful it is, like I'm, I'm watching now just kind of back off a little bit and, and, and like, there's a humility there and, and which is, which is really admirable um sitting across the table from you um is is watching that humility in in human form um but being being humble enough to say like you know what i'm gonna try as hell try like hell to do this but i'm not gonna be like cocky about it i'm gonna like like this could not work like i could not be good at this but i'm gonna try like hell and do this and i'm gonna have the humility to say like you know what i failed like I wasn't good at this stuff. Right. So, in humility is a huge thing. Well, I mean, I, if you if you walk around cocky as hell, like you're never going to learn from your failures. Right. I think the other, the other flip side of that coin is too is like when you are successful, not be getting caught up in your own successes too. You know what I mean? And and like that same person that you know, and it's it's funny because we keep coming back full circle. You know about being being uncomfortable will come back even full circle that person that 
fucking killed the game on the step up aerobics and didn't <laughs> you know don't stop there you know what i mean don't you know you get successful at something don't that's not the end all be all you know there's there's much more in life than being successful at one thing you know and um i feel like uh another person that we bring up all the time you know tate fletcher they're like you know like what is you know I've heard him say it a bunch of times, like, you know, you do all these things and, you know, and, and you're doing this and you're doing that. And like, what's kind of the secret? And he, I, I paraphrasing, I'm sure he says it differently, but he's always says, you know, he's not impressed by his own bullshit. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think that's, uh, it goes along with that humility too. You know what I mean? But like, you don't get too impressed with yourself. You know what I mean? You always, it, you know, you, you check one thing off the box and there's always one thing coming down the line, you know? And I feel like that's, you know, something obviously evident with Al, you know what I mean? He, he did this, checked it off the box, moved on to the next thing, checked off the box. And I feel like you're always looking to check that next box off, you know, whether it's, you know, start jujitsu, you check that box mm-hmm. off, you know, now there's other things. I mean, you know, I know you want to sail your sailboat from here to, you know, someplace warm, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But, and eventually I have no doubt that you will end up checking that box off, right. you know? And, and I feel like that's a kind of reoccurring theme with the people that we've talked to on this podcast too, you know, like from Josh who, um, you know, all the things that he's done in his life have constantly been like, Oh, I checked this box off. The next thing is coming. I'm checking these box off, you know, Elliot, you know, from going from buds, you know, checking that box off college, check that box off, you know, CrossFit level one, check that box off. He's talked about opening his own gym. You know, I'm sure I'm positive that he'll eventually end up checking that box off, you know, Candace, you know, oh, she's, she's, she's checking multiple boxes <laughs> off at once. You know what I mean? Like she's doing this, check it off, check it off, check it off, check it off, you know? And then Pete, you know, from everything from, you know, being a cop, you know, I mean, like we talked about those layers of Pete, you know, that happened and he always, he was just constantly checking boxes off, you know what I mean? So I feel like that's also a reoccurring thing is like, not only can you not be afraid to fail and be uncomfortable, but you also can't be getting too impressed with your own bullshit. Yeah. yeah, I I I like that that uh, paraphrase quote though. Right. It's yeah. like, don't be uh, don't be impressed by your own bullshit. Right, and that, that, I mean that's awesome. And I mean this uh, all this like kind of goes into um, uh, getting getting towards the uh, towards wrapping this up is what's next for Al? Yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it uh, right now um, you know. I don't, I don't see retirement on the horizon for myself, uh, but I, I, I do want to commit more time if I can to jiu-jitsu. And uh, my other passion right now, I mean, sailing. I, I do want to, like Derek said, take my boat and do a, a real long passage somewhere. And uh, whether I do it by myself or w- with somebody else, it's just something I, I want to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> Derek's hand is... I would gladly oh. sail anywhere warm with you, especially on a day like today. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, you know, I I don't think I've changed a whole lot through my life because I, 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 I as I said earlier, I have a simple model that I, you know, I treat other people the way I want to be treated. And, uh, you know, I feel very fortunate to get involved here at, uh, you know, Port City because um, I have a lot of people that treat me with respect. Uh, they treat me as one of the guys you know, sometimes I wondered if I, I stuck with it or I got involved with it because maybe I was running running from my own mortality. And I look around, I see all these young guys, and uh, do they make me feel young? Yeah, I do forget sometimes who I am or what I'm doing because I, I love being just one of the guys. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, 
you know, I, it's it's been a wonderful experience for me, and um, I, I I think I, I can't tell you that there's been another uh, scenario where uh, I felt such a strong brotherhood. I can only imagine the military must be be similar, uh, but you know, to to go work hard with a group of guys that, that are trying to choke you and you're trying to choke them and, and the benefit of making each other better but then giving each other a hug when you're done uh, it's just it you know it's just a tremendous experience for me it's awesome yeah so sailing no. somewhere warm right <laughs> <laughs> choking each other and sailing somewhere warm. so that that sail somewhere warm then start choking right. people I like that better. <laughs> go, go check somewhere. Don't choke out somebody warm. Right. Somewhere warm. So let's... Uh, Mushmouth. Right. I think that's a perfect way to kind of end this. Um, you know, wrap it up with Al's sentiments. And uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, no. we could t- I, the funny thing is we could sit here and talk about this all day. You know, and I feel like we could just talk in circles and rehash the things that we and get super deep, you know. So I don't know. I'll tell you one thing, though. I would be interested if you guys set it up and uh going over and exposing myself to some crossfit oh we'll do it yeah for sure. uh, the 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 hamsters are already at full full-on sprint in the right. wheel <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you again for listening to sharp iron society thank you al thank you appreciate it and peace I s- out see ya